The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. Toy and welcome once again to it came from the radio the official the Con. this is your host mark torres speaking with me via virtual distancing we have none other than fishy sarcasms dominic definition man Toronto. hello everyone in this long dark bleak winter we have our <laughs> senior correspondent charlie salgino hello fun seekers and we have from uh, the life of energy jenny felby uh, hello on this sunshiny day <laughs> <laughs> it's 9 30 at night <laughs> i gotta mix it up we gotta have balances the law of balances you know so on this week's show we have another jay burnley segment our senior correspondent uh charlie saladino has an interview with actor fraser hines from the li who and uh like dominic definition man sperano uh has an interview with gary schaefer from the outer spaceman he was a very energetic person <laughs> yes he was he, he shot out a cannon <laughs> So before we do any of that, we have to take it away with the news. It's more than time! The news is brought to you in part by the fine folks of sci-fi.radio. That's sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. As well as the fine folks at the Big Apple Con, which we are the official radio show of, celebrating over 25 years of comic bookness and pop culture stuff. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. Their next convention is scheduled for March 26th, which would be the Big Apple uh, convention. So uh, tickets, I believe tickets are on sale now. And I want to give a shout out to our Patreons, of which there are. Danny Grillo, award-winning director Jared Burrell, Kyle Horn, Millie Portez, Newsday Famous, Dresden Media, Unjikun, Shadow Rather Art, the Huracan, Yasmin Array, and Rosa. You want to get your own little shout out? Go to our brand new website, www.camefromradio.com. And uh, there's a button up there. You can just go right to it. It takes you right to the Patreon. And just for a dollar a month, you'll get your shout out on our show. We greatly appreciate it. All right, so let's see. We have a lot of uh, news, but not much time. So we're going to burn through this as quickly as possible. Get uh, to it. Sad news, as we always start off with. Actress Yvette Mimo. Uh, died recently of natural causes. While oh. she was in such... Charlie knows her, yes. Charlie, I'm yeah. excited. I'm excited that he knows the person who died. That's terrible. While she was in such films slash favorite TV movies as Platinum High School, Where the Boys Are, The Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, Toys in the Attics, Monkeys Go Home, Dark of the Sun, The Delta Factor, The Black Hole, Desperate Hours, Death Takes a Holiday, Bell, Book, and Candle, Devil Dog, The Hound of Hell, Disaster on a Coastline, The Fifth Missile, and Lady Boss, just to name a few, she is perhaps best known for her role of Weena in the original Time Machine in 1960. There you go. There you go. Go ahead. So, um, Charlie, you want to throw out a few words? As seen as how I'm sure you've seen that movie. Oh, my God. Yeah, she was, uh, she was the actress of the day. She was one of the um, best-known character actresses. She was, like you said, in all those movies. And she was the cutest little thing. And... Uh, just uh, that's sad news. I always think of her as that young, cute, you know, young lady. And uh, yeah, sad news. 
I remember watching the time machine way back when. And I, and I, the thing yeah. that got to me was that the guy who was the guy was Alan Young, who was the voice of a uh, Scrooge McDuck. Mis- well, yeah. And he was, but in he was Mr. also, Ed. yes, he was the guy, but I didn't know. I never watched Mr. Ed. So growing up, you know, watching DuckTales and then I watched the movie time machine because I believe they're going to make the new time machine with uh, somebody else. And I was like, Oh, let me watch the original. And I was like, yeah. the voice sounds awfully familiar. It was yeah. You know who it was? It was Wilbur. That's who it was. <laughs> yes. Uh, so more sad news. Uh, he she was a, a spry eighty years old. So wow. uh, more sad news. Singer, songwriter, and actor Michael Lee Ade, professionally known as Meatloaf, also died recently from complications of COVID nineteen. Uh, I personally yeah. remember him being in a comic book. Before knowing anything about his music career or his acting, I was going through my comic and um, there was like a, a food drive for hunger or something. And I'm like, hey, let's get meatloaves to help in the comic book. I was like, who the hell is this guy? And then as the time went on, I was like, oh, is this guy? This is why he's in the comic. Um, uh, Dominic, do you remember uh, Meatloaf in the comic? And I know you mentioned, uh, I saw on your Facebook page that you posted on, that he was on a show you're watching. <laughs> um, I don't remember in, him in a comic. What the post I put on my my personal Facebook was that his name is Robert Paulson, which comes from uh, Fight Club, because in Fight Club, uh, have you seen Fight Club, Mark? I have not seen Fight Club. Oh my God! What a great job! What a great acting job he did! I still quote that his name was Robert Paulson. His name is Robert Paulson. So there's some spoilers, Mark. He dies in the film, and in in the movie. His name is Robert Paulson, um, but he kind of joins this little cult and you don't get to have a name anymore. But when he dies, the leader says, like, his his name is Robert Paulson. And they all start chanting that when anyone dies in the cult, now his name is Robert Paulson. Uh-huh. So his name is Robert Paulson. His name is Robert Paulson. So with me love dying, I posted his name is Robert Paulson. Well, now that makes a whole lot more sense. Thank you. <laughs> you know what? It really would have made sense if you watched Fight Club, Mark. <laughs> Rule number two of Fight Club. Mark doesn't watch Fight Club. Uh, it's yes. my favorite movie. But you know that. That was, a, that was the background of my phone for a while. Here's like, something interesting. I'm, I'm, I, you know, I Google, as we do the news and, and people pass, I always Google the stories. Yes. And right here, I'm seeing something. Anthrax, Anthrax's Scott Ian pays tribute to his father-in-law, Meatloaf. I had no idea. Wow. How that, about that? that There's that a connection. They, there was connection you know there. What? I actually ran in, literally ran into Scott Ian once at New York Comic Con when they used to have professional days. And I'm just walking by because you can't miss him. He's, he's got the longest goatee of all time. And he's, you know, clean shaven ball. And I'm like, I think that was just Scotty in from Anthrax. What the hell? And he turns <laughs> back. He just looks at me and kept walking. So, wow. Jenny, do you have, are you familiar with uh, Meatloaf as well? You want to throw in your Meatloaf story? Robert Paulson. I have video of me singing Meatloaf. And, you know, what every Meatloaf needs is a little Anthrax. Yeah. A little ketchup, a little Anthrax, you know. Oh, he was a uh, 74. Yep. And uh, yeah. the final bit of sad news. Now, just really yes. quick. Are we certain it was COVID that killed him? Complications. And that complications from COVID. From COVID. That's, because that's listen, official, you, yeah, yeah. He, you, you could have a car accident, and if you got COVID, yeah. put it down as a yeah. COVID death. So. Yeah. All right. See, I don't trust anything. See, we, we don't have time, but now you made me go down this rabbit hole. There was a joke on South Park where um, they had <laughs> the, 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 token, 
the token black guy called his name is token in the show yes. yeah. was in the <laughs> was in the school and he got shot because um of, of something that was happening in the pandemic and so they said that he died he got shot as a covid related injury mm. yeah, because he got shot he because he was under in because he was under quarantine and covid so yep. see, and i made me have to say that I know, right, so, I know yes. you don't. I know you don't have time off, but I used to see Meatloaf twice a week. But go ahead. <laughs> Say it, man. Uh, that's, a, that's a, that's yeah, a mystery. Yeah. Go. He used to. He used to um, play softball. He used to practice at uh, in Central Park. And when I worked at ABC, there was a, a bar, um, a pub, grill, bar and grill, and I used to eat lunch there. And when they used to finish. The team used to finish. They all used to come in there, walk down, sit about a table away. We used to, you know, exchange, hey, man, how you doing, you know? And But nothing more than that. I didn't want to bother him while he was eating. Wow. But, uh, yeah, we, we knew each other to see see each other, you know. All right. So let's see. We have anyway, about. So it's sad. Go ahead. Yes. Yes. Nice very time. sad. 74. Go ahead. Um, let's Carry see. We have, we have this. Let's see. If we can. I don't know if we can squeeze in, but we will do our best. Um, so the last bit of sad news, a stand-up comedian, actor, author, and game show host, Louis Anderson, also died recently from blood cancer. Uh, personally, I remember him most from a stand-up and animated series, Life with Louis, which ran from Fox in 1995 to 1998. Um, I remember that uh, when a stand-up is a joke as a kid, he was like, you know, when you're smoking, you know, people always like, can I bum a cigarette off of you? And people do it. They're like, if you're, if you're eating a sandwich, it doesn't work the same way. Hey, can I get a piece of salami? I always thought that was the funniest joke at the time. <laughs> That's true. Can I, can I get something in your sandwich? No. <laughs> yeah. So um, you have any uh, quick uh, Louis Anderson stories there, Jen? Um, no, um, no, and nothing I say is appropriate for the radio, just that I used to mix them up with someone else. Like I mix up Adam Lambert with Adam Devine on the show Righteous Gemstones. I just tend to mix certain people up and that's not really respectful to him. Uh, R.I.P. Very funny guy. Fair enough. Fair enough. My mom used to mix <laughs> up Clint Eastwood and Burt Reynolds all the time. Um, Dominic, you have a... Rob Lowe, uh, Louis... They're kind of similar. <laughs> Dominic, you have a uh, Louis Anderson story? Um, no, I don't. <laughs> Not at all. Fair enough, fair enough. Charlie, you want to you wanna close it up yeah, with the he, no Louis he, Anderson story? Yeah. Um, he, he was a very funny monotone. Uh, one of those heavy comedians who would just kid about his weight and be hysterical about it. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. he had, uh, he had a bout with, uh, cancer in the later years, but he did, um, unfortunately die in a hospital where there was covid patients so it was a covid related death definitely he he probably even though he had blood cancer he probably had covid and died right. from it somehow. yes it was a so, covid related death so of note i wanted to share some of the titles of his books that he wrote which was the f word how to survive your family uh, 49 family survival tips and hey mom stories from my mother but you can read them too i like that uh, he was a, a young 68 years old. Oh, yeah. All right. So let's see. We're going to move down to the last bit of news, which I really wanted to squeeze this in because this is really funny. Um, from the, hey, that wasn't in the movie department. <laughs> After a pair of fans rented the film yesterday, which is about a struggling musician who suddenly finds himself in a world where the Beatles uh, do not exist, they filed 
a $5 million class action lawsuit against Universal Studios. Why would would that be, you might ask? Well, according to the lawyers, Universal released, quote, false, deceptive, and misleading advertising for the production, saying, because consumers were promised a movie with Anna D. Amaras by the trailer for yesterday, but did not receive a movie with any appearances of Anna D. Amaras at all, such consumers were not provided with any value for their rental or purchase. The principal actors in the movie yesterday were largely unknown before the film released. For example, the actor who played the protagonist had never acted or starred in a movie prior to yesterday. Similarly, the actress who played Ellie was relatively unknown to the casual movie watcher. Consequently, none of the Yes film yesterday leads were famous, and a defendant could not rely on their fame to promote the movie and to entice viewership. So yes, Universal Studios is being sued for having something, or someone more specifically, in the trailer of the film that wasn't in the movie. Huh. Wow. What do, what, do you, what do you think of that there, Jen? I mean, uh, you know what? Everyone's, everyone's trying to get by. Everyone's trying to get eyes on them. It's misleading, but what is it misleading? So I feel like it just fits with the times. I mean, nothing really makes sense. So do movies have to make sense? Why not? What are the rules now? There are no rules. Uh, I say it fits. What do you, what do you got, Charlie? Um, I, I figured she wanted to not be in the movie because it sucked. Um, and she, <laughs> she saw that happening and she said, take me out of this movie. It sucks. There was only, uh, you know, I, I just being a big Beatle fan, I just thought the movie was so freaking ridiculous. There was just one great part that I thought it was a great part in the movie and they just left it for the end and it just was so bad. They didn't even tell you they didn't even give you a reason for for why this is happening. Alright, so does that mean you're going to join the lawsuit because the trailer you thought was going to be a good movie and it wasn't? <laughs> no, I'm trying to actually forget the movie and forget the people who were in it and forget that they ever used these Beatles songs. Oh my god, what a freaking what a just a okay <laughs> um, Dominic. um yeah go ahead. What, what do you got dominic i actually liked the movie <laughs> <laughs> i did i thought it was fun i thought it was cute um you're right they don't explain why suddenly the beatles no longer exist and no one knows who they are but i was fine yeah. with that um but the I, had fact no that I, person... I had no idea she was in I don't even remember seeing the trailer <laughs> I had no idea that she was in the trailer and not in it I don't know what she was going to have added to the movie by being in it um, it's uh, I story... can actually answer those, all those questions I can answer for you there Dominic okay but I, I was so... just going to say this like one thing I actually liked is that they didn't explain why the Beatles didn't exist it just happened. They never like tried to fix it. They never tried to went back. It just what it what just was it. That's what it was. This is how it is. They didn't try and make it like a dream. They didn't try and make it some something other. Than it just happened, and you just either you went with it or you didn't. Which obviously, obviously Charlie, Charlie did didn't not and go with didn't. that. And I'm just like okay. And I I actually thought it was a cute, uh, enjoyable date night movie, which I did see with my lady, and we both walked out kind of kind of liking it. So. Oh. 
There, uh, uh, yeah. Apparently, I'm having, any, I'm apparently having a Mark movie. moment with Charlie right now. <laughs> No, apparently, no, wait, no, wait, wait, no, wait, no. wait, wait. I want to answer the question. Go, 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 we, go, have, go, go. we have three minutes. Um, so she was supposed to be uh, as a, a celebrity guest co, a celebrity guest of a James Corden show, Bad. and they had, and he met her there, and they had a, a relationship. And the reason why her her part was taken out is because the audience didn't think that she was too likable. And so that the guy didn't deserve to wind up with the other girl. <laughs> that act that makes sense to cut her out then, because so the whole the whole yeah. thing of the movie was between him and uh, I can't remember the name of the other of the actress, um, but she's doing a bunch of things. But anyway, like and, you're, uh, Lily you're watch- James, you yeah, Lily Ellie. James, yeah, and you're watching it and you're just waiting. Like, when is this guy going to wise up and realize this girl's in love with him? And this is really what he wants. So, no, I get it. I get why they cut her out. Because if suddenly this beautiful woman suddenly just shows up into the thing, meets him on the James Gordon show, and they have a relationship, like, no. You're like, well, okay. No, that, that's very smart to cut her out. It doesn't work for the film. But, Test audiences were correct. But with, uh, with less than two minutes to go, what are your thoughts on false advertising for a movie trailer for the movie? They always cut the trailer before they finish cutting the movie because they have to like build up interest. Get over mm. it. There's oh, how many times have we said there's always stuff in the trailer? You have said there's always. That's why I don't even watch trailer. trailers. Yeah, there's ah. always something in the trailer. Like I remember Thor throws his hammer at at Hela. She catches it, but it was actually in a in a back alley, and then in the actual in the movie, it's in an open field. It happens. Mm-hmm. They change yeah. things. Around. I'm suing. <laughs> Sue over this. So we have less than a minute. So I just want to throw this this out there. Um, I think this takes the the line of false advertising a little too far because a lot of times they always say the best parts are in the trailer or a lot of times the last part of the movie is in the trailer. A lot of times some things aren't even there, especially I'm going to go throw it back to Charlie because we have less than a minute to go. In the old days, the trailers like, come see this. This will happen. This is going to happen. And then that stuff doesn't happen. Am I right? Sea of yeah. Viking funeral. Yeah. Sea well, Hitler yeah. on ice. Sea Jews yeah. in space. So, so what well, I gotta, I gotta say to that, Mark, that a lot of times there wasn't a lot of emphasis put put on the trailer. It was more the movie poster back in the day, <laughs> and uh, and that's that's you know, and who cared because everybody back then had a life. You know, and they didn't care about this little, you know, these right. are people just trying to make a quick buck. A five, you know? five million dollar buck. All right. So, and, and making it. Yeah. So let's so yeah. let's see. So we have a uh, less than 30 seconds to go. So, Jen, final thought. Take care of yourself and each other. Brush your teeth. Floss your teeth every day. Dominic? <laughs> I mean, how can I how can I compete with that? Yeah. Floss. <laughs> good, good dental hygiene is the key to overall good health. Charlie, final mm-hmm. thought? Uh, I want everybody to know this is still America, and although uh, me and Dom didn't like the movie, we didn't argue about it. It's America. We have our own opinions. Well, that's because we didn't start this on Facebook. If we did, it would just go on for five <laughs> days back and forth. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so with that, we're going to take our break, and we'll be right back with the came from the radio. Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. 
If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. Full body character. Hey, ghoulies, this is Demon Boy, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. <laughs> Celebrate 2022 at Cosmic Comics and Games of Baldwin with the Marvel Comics event X-Lives and Deaths of Wolverine. And from DC Comics comes the series debut of Chip Zdarsky's Batman The Night. And from Image Comics, don't forget to get Aerosmith number one at Cosmic Comics and Games of Baldwin. You can pre-order everything to make sure you get your comics. Cosmic Comics and Games is open Wednesday from noon to 8, Thursday and Friday, 2 to 7, Saturday and Sunday from noon to 5. That's Cosmic Comics and Games of Baldwin, located at 846 Merrick Road in Baldwin, New York. Happy New Year from Cosmic Comics! Hey, this is Brimstone, and you're listening to my boys on It Came From The Radio. My neural net processor is linked to sci-fi.radio. It's sci-fi for my Wi-Fi. The more I listen, the more I learn. Now, back to our show. This is Charlie Saladino from It Came From The Radio. I'm with... Jenny Feldy, masked up. Can't breathe. And we are here, and believe me, I am being a big fan of Doctor Who for years. I am honored to be with this gentleman, Frazier Hines. He was the um, Jimmy, Jamie McCrimmon, right? Ja- Jamie McCrimmon, still the longest-running companion in Doctor Who. And I'm unmasked, but, but I've had three jabs. <laughs> I've had two jabs and a booster. And that's it, oh, yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> and uh, so let me ask you to begin with. Um, what was, because I am a big fan, what was it like being on that show? Now, obviously you were just doing a job at the time, but did you ever have the idea of the impact Dr. Who would have on the world? No, if I'd known like 40 years later that I'd be here in America or or visiting Australia, New Zealand, places like that, I would have kept my costume, I would have kept the kilt, the shirt, the socks, the boots, but I'd done three years and my agent was on me saying, you must leave now, you must do movies. Patrick's agent, Patrick Troughton, of course, his wife was saying you should be not doing a a children's TV show, so we both left. I would say if we hadn't had those two women nagging us, we'd still be in the TV show now. You would never have heard of David Tennant. You'd have to shoot us to get us out of the TARDIS, because we were having so much fun. But I just thought it was just another TV show, and and that was it. Um, A children's, children's TV show as well. Otherwise, I would have kept all my costume and stuff. Now, could you tell us any inside inside gossip about what went on on the set of Doctor Who? Any funny funny things happened? Oh, we had a, we had a lot of uh, fun with Wendy Padbury, who played Zoe, Deborah Watling, who played um, Victoria. And, uh, of course, with the, the things we used to get up to with those two girls, uh, and they fell in with us, and they loved it, they loved the teasing. But nowadays, if I, if I was to tell you what we would get up to, the woke brigade would go, oh, that's disgust, oh, you can't do how can you, how can you... Well, I told one story, and they, one woman put on Facebook, that's disgusting, he better not try it with me. We, we used to rehearse in a church hall, and one day Wendy Padbury was had a mini kilt on, she was sitting reading a book or the script and Patrick and I sat either side of her and he looked at me and I looked at him 
and we'd meet and do. I handed the buckles of her kilt to the right, he did, you know. And then we, oh, Wendy, it's our scene. And she jumped up and left the kilt sitting on the chair. And I grabbed it and I threw it to her, he threw it to her. We, and she was chasing around. She had little white pants and little white boots on. We ran into the church hall and there was the vicar coming in. And she curtsied. Hello, good evening, vicar. And then ran. That, I mean, she never once said, oh, for God's sake, grow up and behave yourself. We just had fun. It was in the 60s, the swinging swing 60s. It was great. We, we were finished in the studio on a Saturday night, and we'd go to Scots of St. James's, um, St. James' Hatchets, uh, the Whiskey A Go Go, all these nightclubs, these discotheques. It was fun. And some people say, if you remember the swinging 60s, you, you weren't even there. I remember every night and every day, and it was great great fun and I suppose I'm sorry you're sitting there but the girls were great fun the, uh, as well you know they, it was just I was going to say free love I, I don't mean free love it was just uh, there was no sort of you can't say this to me you can't do that to me everybody just you, you know well, I am the senior correspondent on the show, so I definitely remember the 60s. I remember um, sitting sitting down now. I wish, I wish Dr. K Dr. Who came out uh, when it first started, but we got from Tom Baker on. All right, so uh, we never got a chance to see, we're getting a chance now yeah. to see the new ones. But uh, yeah, the 60s were fun. Jen, Jen has that 60s mentality. She's a fun person. Yeah. She would have been perfect in the 60s. But Jen, I know you're not well versed in this, but do you have any questions for Frazier? It's just nice to hear uh, some unwoke stories. I just did a crazy stand-up show last night, and based on that show, if we put that on Twitter, I'd be cancelled in a second. So it's nice to meet another comrade who can speak freely. Now, I, I would not, I'm very OCD clean, so the free love thing no, but I would comment on it, and I would love to see it from afar. <laughs> All about it, you know. Have fun. But, but I get, I get a lot of young kids come to my table and say, "Oh, can we have your order?" I said, "You're 12 years old." No, but my dad got me watching your show in black and white, and to me, black and white is, is scarier because you can step out of the shadows of black and white. Now, in color, black's not a color. You, you can't. You have to be stepped further away from the camera. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I, I always think black and white more dramatic. Even even when you see the old shows from, as we say, across the pond. Yeah. Uh, the, the old Hammer films and yeah, all exactly. that. Yeah, exactly. You see the old Bela Lugosi films yeah, uh, and yeah. the Boris Karloff films in black yeah. and white. No, hand comes out the shadows. Yeah. But uh, it's nice that you, you talk like that, Jen, because you know, in, in the sixties, a woman would give us. Uh, uh, she she got you know we we. Well, a woman would come and chat you up. And <laughs> I can say now, in England, th there won't be any babies born in ten years' time because a man now cannot entertain a, a, a chat, chat a girl up because without being, oh, you know. I'm offended. I'm offended. Yeah, I'm offended. Do you, find that, do you find that women are more easily offended now? Do yes. you find that? Yeah. yeah. You know, you, 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 you try and talk to somebody and it's, well, what do you want? What are you, what are you trying to do? I'm just actually talking, having a drink, right. you know, yeah. Yeah. 
Jen, as a very attractive girl, and you and Frasier are talking, do you find anything offensive about Frasier? No, not a single thing is offensive. It, almost nothing offends me, and that's one of my problems in life, because I don't really relate to the easily offended. I don't, I don't get it. I really don't get it. Well, well I, I, I told a joke the other night, and this person said, that offends me. I said, well, I'm offended that you're offended, so we're quits. Can I have another, can I have another vodka and tonic? Yeah, that's yes. it. Yes. So now, if anyone says, that offends me, I said, well, well, I'm offended that you're offended, so get on, get on with life. That's what I said. I said, the only thing that offends me is people being offended. And also, earlier today, I was almost shorted for a comedy show. Someone tried to... I basically was responsible for putting the show together and was paid the least. So that was a little offensive. So I found something that offended me, disrespecting me and not not paying me what I'm so worth. Do you do, you do, you do stand up then? Yes. Oh, good. Right. Yeah. Uh, very dirty stand up last night. Very politically incorrect. Uh, the, the the set list was Nazis, KKK, masturbation, uh, Cuomo, uh, Bill Cosby. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. It was very woke. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's now a pause where Fraser takes Jen out for supper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, we might have to cancel out. We're not supposed to say one of those things on the radio, right? Right, right. Oh, God. Yeah. But anyway, Frasier, tell us, tell us um, where people can find you, where uh, your social... Do you have social media? Uh, yes, I'm, I'm on Facebook. Um, uh, obviously, Fraser Hines. I've got on Twitter, at Who Fraser. I'm on Twitter, Who Fraser. And I've got a website, FraserHines.co.uk. Where people buy merchandise and hats and pens and stuff like that. But uh, a lot of Americans have been saying, Fraser, thank you for coming over to see us. And I, you know, it's because you're more appreciative because we've flown 3,000, 4,000 miles. Or in England, they go, well, you've only come up the M1, you've only come down that motorway. But Americans are so, so more appreciative, and particularly after COVID. You know, we, we've we've braved the air flights and masks and stuff to, to come. And for me, I, personally, it's just nice because I live in a lovely little village in England. But I'm getting fed about seeing the postmistress, the barman behind the bar, the same faces every day. The same. Now it's it's lovely to see new faces. Yeah. yeah and Ken was also telling me uh, you're a big fan of this convention. Oh yeah, well, it's now um, it was called the the Long Island Who. Then I called it the Long Island Ice Tea Convention. <laughs> It became, uh, and now it's kind of like PhraserCon, you know, it's going to be PhraserCon. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, you are, as far as Doctor Who goes, you are definitely a legend, an icon, um, again, the longest-running companion. Yeah, yeah. And, and the most, as we are, the most beloved companion. <laughs> yeah, yeah he, he, was, he was a lovely character to play, Jamie, he was lovely. He could be, he could say things that were silly, but not because he was an idiot, but because he didn't quite understand understand them, right. but it, it comes out, and he, I always find that Jamie, my character, could ask the questions that the kid watching at home would ask. Right. Hey, why, why are we doing that, Doctor? Why, why are we going, why is he doing that? You see, that would be the kid sitting, you know, I was trying to say, I've been, I'm the kid at home asking the questions. All right. Mm. One final question from my lovely co-host, because she was asking me, and I'm, all the answer I could give him is, he's very smart. 
Why? Why are they listed as doctors? Is that my question? Are they actually doctors? Could they do surgery? Why are they all called doctors? No one's a doctor, though, right? Is is anyone a doctor? Are we have we have a whole place full of doctors, but no one's a doctor? Is that what's going on here? I don't know. I'm very confused. That's right, because they're all they're not doctors of they're either doctors of divinity, doctors of science, but not doctors of medicine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And there you go. The legendary Fraser Hines answers your question. Thank you. Nice to speak to you. Cheers. Thank you. Yeah. And once again, thank you. It's been an honor and a pleasure. Fraser Hines, everybody. Cheers, everybody. I'm now drinking a Bloody Mary. <laughs> and once again, this is Charlie Saladino and... Jenny Feld, they have a bloody good time. <laughs> and we are live at the L.I. Who's Time Flight Convention. Back to you in the studio, Mark. The Comic Book Depot has been in business since 1993. Your one-stop comic book shop for comics, gaming, and collectibles. The Comic Book Depot Club membership is $15 and gets you 15% off new comics, back issues, graphic novels, and 10% off comic book supplies. Located at 2847 Jerusalem Avenue in Wontaw, New York. Contact us on Facebook for curbside pickup because new comics are back. For more information, give Alan a call at 516-221-9337. The Comic Book Depot. Now, back to our show. Hey, this is Jay Bird and Lee with special guest Riley today. What are we going to talk about today, Riley? We're going to talk about my custom tuxedo. That's right. A few months ago, we got fitted for custom tuxedos for... Uh, My Uncle Jason's wedding. That's right. How exciting is that? Exciting. Can you believe that you got fitted? You didn't even know what you were going to do, right? I said, we're going to get custom tuxedos. You're like, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> right? So what did they do? Well, what I did, well, they measured me and see how I fitted. But obviously, when I got it, yeah, they, like, you could, well, first, when they were measuring me, they, like, I could pick the inside, and it was like these flowers that were bloom, like a yellow background or something. And then when I got it, like, months later, I wanted to see how it came out, but it was like... Wait. It, Wait, we, we got to come back to that part, okay? First, you did the experience of getting measured, right? Yeah. This guy came in from somewhere from Asia, right? Yeah. And he measured you. And mm-hmm. he measured who else? He measured my grandpa. Yeah. He measured my dad, which is you. Yes. And he um, measured my two uncles. That's right. The one that's getting married and the one that's yeah. not getting married, yeah. right? Okay, so you got a cha- choice to pick out what color interior of the tuxedo was, right? Yeah. And you picked a what color? I picked like it was flat. It was like a white background, a, a white background. It was not yellow. I was just joking about that. Mm-hmm. And the and then it was like all these blue flowers and probably maybe yellow or orange flowers. Like with it, it looks so cool. But then it's when when I got the. So you got it like six, like five six mo- weeks. No, no five like, months ago or something. No, you got it like six weeks later. Yeah. Okay. And we opened it up and yeah. we're super excited, right? Yeah. Well, and then here's the thing. So, um, you got the right tuxedo. You got what you wanted. 
I got what I wanted, but the pants were a little loose. Yeah, but still, that was fine. Okay, Uncle Jason and Uncle Gary and we're Pop fine. were all fine. Okay, you were not fine. We're not fine because. But, but it, you're a growing boy. But I was not growing that fast. Well, we didn't know that, right? Like it seems like you might have shot up. We don't know. Like we asked the guy, "Is it a good idea to measure and get a tuxedo for a ten-year-old boy?" And he's like, oh, you just leave some extra room. I'm like, yeah, I guess that makes sense. You leave extra room for like a six-month growth spurt, mm -hmm. right? Because that's what we expected, a six-month growth spurt. And apparently, you just got super big. Not really. It's either that the guy messed up or I got super big because like the pants were so tight. And I don't think my legs grew that big, though. Well, I There's no way. I think the guy messed up on that. Well, he definitely messed up on my pants because, or the tux anyway, because I was like, oh, I'm going to um, lose weight, right? And I barely, and I barely fit into that tux when I lost like 20 pounds, okay? <laughs> so if I was still the guy that I was six months before, I would never have fit into that tux. Yeah. Okay? Um, so what do you think happened to you? Do you think you got fatter? Taller? No. No? I think I grew a little bit, but still, I don't think I grew that much in like six months. All right. There so, is no way that that actually happened. So here's the deal. You had skulls on the inside. Which was not my pick. Which you're saying was not your pick, but maybe you gave him the wrong number when you were picking the numbers, but we don't know, right? I get None of us remember. Okay. Yeah, that was like six thing. months ago. So. I, right, and the next thing is, we got we're getting the tux redone. Yeah. So we're gonna get all the measurements redone. All right. So hopefully, when we're done doing the measurements, you're gonna get the right tux, the right fit for this wedding, which is mm -hmm. gonna be pretty awesome. Yeah. Can you believe your uncle's getting married? Yeah. Well, you, it's been a while. I thought he was gonna get married earlier. Okay, well, that's a discussion for another time. Yeah. All right, he is getting married now, and it's awesome. Yep. All right, so thanks a lot, guys. Mm-hmm. And thank you, Riley. You're welcome. Have a good day. You're welcome. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, see you soon. Stay healthy, stay connected. Ever wanted to enter the world of comics but didn't know where to start? Worry not, true believers. We at the Comic Book School may just have the answer to your questions. Created by comics veteran Buddy Scalera, the Comic Book School is a free online educational resource that helps rising creators learn the craft and business of making comics through resources like forums, interviews, publication opportunities, publisher guidelines, and step-by-step -step blog posts. For more info, please visit our site at www.comicbookschool.com. Be sure to join our forums and follow us on social media while you're there. We'll see you on the message boards. Now, back to our show. All right. Hello, everyone. This is Dominic Definition Man Sperano coming to you again from my secret underground lair, what I like to call the Dom Cave. Not really. No, it's just my basement. Uh, with me today is Mariano Nicieza. I think I butchered it again. I'm sorry. And Gary Schaefer from Outer Space Men. How are you doing today, guys? How are you, Dominic? Nice to be with you. It's nice to be with you, too. And, and Mariano, did I butcher it? Did I butcher it? I butchered it. You you did great. It's Mariano Nisiesa. You did great. All right. All right. You're, you're very kind. I, that's one of my favorite things about you. That and you get to call William Shatner Bill. 
No, he's Mr. Shatner. Let's be clear. He's, he's Mr. Shatner to everyone. So, Gary, you are involved and and own the Outer Spacemen, as I, I understand own... it. Is that correct? Yes, I am one of the co-owners of the Outer Spacemen brand. We're celebrating our 52nd year in business and the Outer Spacemen today, because of the hard work I've put in for the past 28 years, is now on six of the seven continents on the planet. And it's one of the fastest growing independent toy lines on the planet. Now, now, which is the seventh continent that's the holdout? Antarctica, but I'm trying my best. There are scientists down there that need outer spacemen toys for their study of the ice patterns. I, I fully agree. Now, how did, because you said it's 52 years, you've been involved for 28 years. I'm assuming this isn't your original creation. How did you come to outer spacemen? How did you get involved? What's the background story? In 1966, Mattel had a toy called Major Matt Mason. He was known as Mattel's Man in Space. And his mission, along with his three buddies, was to just explore and colonize the moon. So there were moon space stations, there were moon crawlers, there were tool belts. There was a ton, a ton of toys for Major Matt Mason. The Coliforms Corporation that did those two-dimensional peel-and-stick vinyl toy sets playsets, they had a freelance artist named Mel Bernkrant, who was a work for hire. He was in a toy store one day and he saw Major Matt Mason and realized right then and there, Matt Mason is missing bad guys because there was no such thing as a bad guy toy. In World War II, you did not go out and buy the new Hitler action figure in his latest field outfit. You had to figure out what? Yeah, I could see that you don't want to be selling like, you know, Hitler uh, toys with, you know, racist Kung Fu grip. Right. I could, yeah, I, I get that. There was never such a thing as a bad guy toy until Mel Bernkran created the very first series of seven bendable action figures. Aliens oh. representing seven of our nine planets that were the best of their best their planets had to offer. And they came together to form the first intergalactic peacekeeping team to protect our system and the other systems throughout the gallery from evil gallery galaxy from evil doers. And it was without a doubt, my favorite toy in 1968, 1969. It was my favorite toy because after all, we were involved in the space race. It was right. who was going to get to the moon first. We did, for those who don't know at home. (laughs) We did. And we actually did go there more than one time, which everybody thinks that we did. We actually went there six times. We would have gone there seventh time, but Apollo 13 was hit by the meteor. And they returned safely, thank God. But the Outer Spaceman toys were wildly successful throughout 1969. Everybody loved it. And so the second series was underway. And I was playing with them. My friends were playing with them. Dogs were eating them. Kids were blowing them up with firecrackers. We were beating the hell out of our Major Matt Mason toys with our aliens. It was the first bad guy toy, and it was a wildly successful toy line. Until man stepped on the moon. 
When man stepped on the moon, what was there? Nada, zilch, nothing was there. Space became dead as far as the toy industry goes. It actually became a dirty word. There was no reason that any kid wanted a space toy anymore because we had came, we had seen, we had conquered, we came home. The moon was now dead. And so as a result, all space toys died around 1970. Pulled from the shelf, never to be seen again until the next nine years when Luke Skywalker boarded his X-Wing fighter and opened up the galaxy because now every 10 years, there's another billion Star Wars fans because of Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader. Never okay. will you see another brand like that until I'm done with my outer spaceman, that is. But the point is, when I went to camp, when I was 10 years old, I came home, my mother threw out all my toys, along with my memories, they were gone. 1991, I was in the Atlantic City Antique Show. I walked into a booth. There in front of my eyes was the complete collection of outer spacemen, Coliforms aliens, first and second series, play sets, accessories, prototypes, sculptures. And the voice behind me said, well, son, do you know what you're looking at? That was Mel Burncrant. And for the next four hours, he and I did nothing but talk. And, tw- and 28 years later, we're now like father and son, best friends, business partners, co-creators, and thanks to Mel and myself, the Outer Spaceman, again, let me say with emphasis, is one of the fastest growing line of toys on the planet. And Antarctica, we are on the way, so get ready. (laughs) This is amazing. This is so, so amazing. So you meet Mel, and how do you go from this four-hour conversation about these toys to getting involved to doing everything you're doing for these toys and how well, do you acquire to do rights spend, the first thing i had to do was spend twenty five thousand dollars and walk out of his booth with a first and second series collection of outer spacemen that was the first thing i had to do then six By months way, later you have a... i had to then six months later, I had to come back to the Atlantic City show, be first on the line at 4.30 in the morning, and be first in Mel's booth to buy more from him. But by, 1970, by, by 1997, we were, we were talking on the telephone. We were actually writing letters to each other because there was no such thing as email yet. And I was still purchasing from him, building a huge collection of my own, pretty much coming right from the horse's mouth, right from the guy that that created the toys himself. And I said to him, look, God forbid something ever happens to you. And this is 1997. God forbid something happens to you. There's no trademarks. There's no copyrights. Everything has expired. Somebody could walk in, claim eminent domain, and take the outer spaceman. I was, a, I was a specialist on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange. I build companies for a living let me do this. I begged him. I pleaded with him. Let me build a company. He said, okay, we signed the document. We created the Outer Spaceman LLC. And it took years and God, God knows how much money to get all of the trademarks in place, all of the copyrights in place, first series, second series, the Outer Spaceman name itself, Space Warriors, World of the Future, Everything having to do with outer spacemen had to be secured at the U.S. Office of Trademarks and uh, and Patents. So once that was done, I brought them back 
in 2008 in their graphic novel form. We sent them to the gym. We beefed them up. We got a great story. And I brought them back in the, in the graphic novel. I printed 5,000 copies. And on day one, we sold 3,633 copies. And it was critiqued by the critics as some of the best science fiction they've ever read. With the success of the graphic novel, I then said, I got to bring the toys back. And then by 2010, I had a license agreement with the Four Horsemen Studios in New Jersey. We were re-sculpting, we were recasting, we were rebranding the toys. We took them out of the six and eight inch bendable figure size. We put them into the Glios universe. And from then, it's just a matter of history how well this brand has been doing ever since 2010, ever since 1991 when I walked into that booth. Wow. So of all the characters, of all the spacemen, which one's your favorite? Colossus Rex. Everybody loves Colossus Rex. My wife always said Beyonce was nothing when she was in Destiny's Child. It's when she broke away that she became Queen Bee. When Colossus Rex is on his own, whether in a 12-inch uh, format, vinyl format toy, or in a five and three quarter inch Glios vinyl figure. He is the star of the show. Everybody loves him. Everybody wants to be him. Every woman wants to be with him. He is the star of the show. <laughs> he is the James Bond of outer spacemen. He is 007 from the planet Jupiter. All right. That's, that's one way of, of okay. So how did you meet Mariano and how did you get involved in creating the expanding content? Mariano and I met at New York Comic Con, I believe in 2010. And we developed a friendship throughout the years. We would see each other at the shows. We would exchange emails. We would talk on the phone a couple of times a year. We would always make sure we knew what each other was doing because we both knew that one day we would definitely collaborate on The Outer Spaceman because our vision is the same vision. The Outer Spaceman will rule the world. The Outer Spaceman will put Avengers out of business. The Outer Spaceman will put Transformers on the back shelf. The Outer Spaceman is here to stay and growing by leaps and bounds. And now, thanks to Mariano, we have NFTs. We have non-sport cards. We have a brand new comic book that's authored by Fabian Nicieza, the co-creator of Deadpool. We're headed to Los Angeles Comic Con where we're going to introduce this comic book to clamoring crowds who want more OSM content every single day, every single month, every single year. This is so impressive. I got to I'm like, I got to take a step back here, man. Your, your, your energy is infectious. So what's the future plans? You, you're making the content, you're making the NFTs, you're making the cards, you're making everything. Where are you, what's like, what are you looking ahead to in, in 2022? Originally, I said to Mel, I swear to God, I will drag you if I have to down the red carpet at the Zigfield Theater in New York City with an oxygen tank. I swear to God, if I have to drag you, I will into the movie theater for the premiere of the Outer Spaceman film. However, that still being a goal of mine, I have also introduced the idea of Netflix, Amazon, Apple TV. I just need a door to open 
so that they could read the character Bible that Fabian Messiesa wrote, that they can see the product, that they could see the property, that they could enjoy the outer space and, and envision, along with me, a streaming global event on Netflix, Amazon, Apple TV, Hulu, or a full-length feature CGI film at the Ziegfeld and at Roman's Chinese Theater opening simultaneous. So you got to cast this. Who's playing who? I'm playing Colossus Rex. Of course. Who else are you going to get? My wife is going to play Luna Eclipse. Luna, like my wife, is super smoking hot. And Luna is the best seller next to Colossus Rex we've ever had. She sells out in 24 hours, no matter what form I bring her out in. Wow. Now, I'm just looking at the bio here, and it says that you were born in Massachusetts and moved to Brooklyn. So I have a a divisive question to ask you. Uh, Red Sox, Mets, or Yankees? Mets. I stayed home in 1969 from from third grade to watch Cleon Jones and Ron Swoboda in the World Series. I stayed home. I was at the closing game in 1986. Okay. Now I got one final question for you. With the renewed interest in space traveling, these like space tourism things that, that are going on with Virgin and and Elon Musk and, and Amazon, do you think you'll be able to get the outer space men into outer space? Right now, we've got a space race again. Not, every, not, not everybody realizes this. In a time where there are no heroes, one thing that we do have is another space race. This time it's to Mars. Who's going to get there first? Yeah, we're headed back to the moon. Big deal. At the end of the day, this space race is going to be about Mars. And plus, we're now seeing the first of its kind where people are traveling into space, not astronauts, regular civilians. People are buying tickets to go into space for a couple of minutes, be weightless, see the curvature of the planet, and then safely come back. What I need to do is get Elon Musk or one of these guys to play with my outer spacemen and put them in one of those ships because that is destiny. Just like William Shatner went up, it is destiny that Colossus Rex and the other six from the original seven take a ride in one of these ships. And I'll be happy, happy to go with them. But we have got to get the outer spacemen in front of somebody with the power to bring them in front of Netflix, Amazon, Apple TV, or Hulu. We've got to do this. It's got to happen. It's meant to be. It's going to happen. We just have to find the right primer. Just like just like Jodie Foster in Contact, we have to find the primer. We have to crack the code for outer spacemen, how to get them in front of millions and millions of people. And I will crack this code, I promise. So we only have about three and a half minutes left. So I'll just say perhaps we write an email to Jeff Bezos as he's got both a space, uh, a space company and Amazon. It can put your, your property on TV. You've got three minutes really quick in less than a minute. Where can everyone find everything? 
www.theouterspacemen, that's plural, theouterspacemen.com is where you'll find my website with my store, all the bios, all the backstories. It's a wonderful trip down memory lane. You could go to melburncrant.com. You could fall down the rabbit hole because my partner and, 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 and adopted father, Mel, he put together one of the best websites I've ever seen. You could go to wax.io and buy NFTs. And you could go to, um, you could go to, um, is that it? Apexcomicsgroup.com. Apexcomicsgroup.com. That's right. And you could go to kickstarter.com because we've got, we've got private uh, crowdfunding going on. We just Google outer spacemen. I promise you, you will spend the day in uh, astounding, astounding moments with what you will see. I promise. Well, I, you're so passionate. I believe that you keep all your promises. Thank you so much for joining us today, Gary. Thank, Thank you, Mariana. You really appreciate it. This so, was the easiest that, interview I've done all day. I, I seriously like uh, this was smooth sailing for you, man. Smooth sailing. So with that, we're going to just go back to the show. Hey, guys, this is Christy from Custom Cakes by Christy. I want you to know that I'm here for you. I'm keeping my private kitchen open for any needs your family may have. I've been focusing on bread, soups, muffins, quiches, and other basics, but I'm still accepting dessert orders as well. Please follow my Facebook for immediate pickup items. Private message me for custom orders. Custom Cakes by Christy, I-N-C, K-R-I-S-T-Y. Text me at 631-606-8166. Me Grimlock having fun on It Came From The Radio. Me Greg Berger also. If you had any honor, you would listen to Sci-Fi.Radio. The Sci-Fi for your Wi-Fi. Kapla. This is Xenia Seberg, who played Zev on the show Lex, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Hello, friends. This is Ranger Rob, and I'd like to talk to you about dog poop. That's right, dog poop. I invented Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags, a very large bag with handles. My bags support large and small dogs and smell like lemon. They are strong and affordable. You can find Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags at Amazon. They come in sheets or in rolls and come with a dispenser. Once you try Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags, you'll never want to go back. So come join us. Go to Amazon and try Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags today. Now, back to our show. So that about does it for this week on the Came From the Radio. Join us right here any week on this radio station. If you miss any part of the show... Tough. Go to our newly revised website, www.itcamefromradio.com. The archives will be up in a week or so. Check us out on such places as btd.radio, sci-fi.radio, indievolt.com, centraloregonradio.com. Check us out on our places such as Facebook, Instagram, YouTube page, Twitter. And always follow the cost-benefit ratio. If the benefits outweigh the costs, do it. If the costs outweigh the benefits, don't do it. Or just Google, it came from the radio. And we'll see you next week.
You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast.